Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 60. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today we're going to be talking about toilet paper. What? What do you mean toilet paper? Yeah, it's a good example of how prices work, elasticity of price, and by the way, would price gouging actually be good in this case? A lot of questions on, there's some debate on that. And so I thought this week with the news that uh, stores are running out of hand sanitizer, toilet paper, uh, with antibacterial wipes, cleaning supplies, and all that stuff. Uh, in fact, just the other day, I noticed that uh, somebody had bought so many rolls of toilet paper, you know, those four packets of toilet paper, and that literally they couldn't even see out the back window of their car. They were just shoving them right into the car. And so it's kind of an interesting case study, and I'll, I'll try and leave the, uh, uh, you know, we'll let other people talk about uh, the whole coronavirus and all that stuff. Uh, but I thought it'd be interesting to shift gears and do a little more of an economics podcast this week, because this is kind of has a lot of interesting things with regard to how prices work, supply versus demand, uh, and also when prices change. And really, I think uh, it's it's an opportunity to take a critical look at whether uh, well-intentioned policies that sort of clamp down or, or prohibit price gouging, um, are they actually potentially doing more harm than good? And the way I want to look at this really is sort of a, uh, just kind of pose a couple questions and talk about it, and maybe it spurs you to do a little more research on it and come up with your own opinion. Of course, when we talk about supply and demand, anyone who's ever taken an economics course, they know one of the first things they teach is they draw the little, you know, uh, long L-shaped graph, and they tell you that supply uh, is one line. You draw that line from the top left corner all the way down to the right. Uh, down to the ground, and you could do supply up to the sky, right? You draw the supply line. And where those two line meets is supposed to be where buyers and sellers, where supply meets demand, and where you have sort of that equilibrium price. That's the price at which people want to transact. Sellers want to sell, buyers want to buy. And so when we think about prices, what would cause a change in price uh, or a change in the quantity demanded? Well, there's this thing, it says, hey, all else equal, if you lower the price for something, the quantity demanded will go up. If you see prices going higher, well, all else equal, and they never quite are, uh, you would see demand going down. And so, obviously, lower prices, more demand, higher prices, less demand. And this gets a little bit, you know, without kind of seeing the graphs and everything, but it's easier just to talk through it. The idea is that if demand were to shift, if there was more demand, more people wanting to buy, uh, in theory, prices uh, should go higher uh, because more people demanding it means that in order to supply and meet demand, uh, you, you have higher prices. And so that's what normally works, right? Demand increases, uh, suppliers are able to get a, a higher price, demand decreases, Suppliers can't get the same price if they want to increase their sales. They've got a lower price where supply meets demand. Pretty elementary stuff in economics. You're probably like, yeah, I did that a long time ago. But it's it's worth repeating. And we'll get to sort of the, the toilet paper and the price gouging thing in a second. But the, the other thing to think about is 
when you look at a price of a good or a service, it's uh, generally people look at those and they say they're either they change, uh, demand changes as let's say price changes, and or demand doesn't change no matter what the price is. So something that absolutely you have to have, uh, let's say an insulin pen or something like that. If price goes higher, demand normally stays the same. And that's a good example of when prices are what's called inelastic. Inelastic is just a fancy economics term for saying demand doesn't change even if prices change. Um, and now, and remember, that's all else being equal. Um, when prices are elastic, they're sensitive to changes in price. And so if a good or service goes up, you would expect demand to go down. And if a good or service goes down in price, you would expect demand to go up. And so things can be really elastic, meaning very sensitive to, to changes in price. They can be absolutely inelastic, meaning same amount of demand uh, or quantity demanded, even if price goes up tenfold. And you sort of have these, these different variations of that. So back to the toilet paper, price gouging and things like that. Um, I'll try and put some links in here. But I was reading an article today, uh, somebody passed it to me, I think it was in the New York Times, and I don't think it's behind a paywall, so I'll, I'll link to it. And there's actually a story about somebody who has something like 17 or 20,000 hand sanitizer bottles in a storage locker. And this person or persons, I'm not sure, but it was more than one person, uh, they had started to sell them on Amazon, or I don't know if they actually started selling them on Amazon, and they were selling them for more than they bought. So they sort of went around, gobbled up a bunch of supply, and we're going to do what's called uh, retail arbitrage. That's where they buy something at one price and then sell it for more, uh, sell it for a higher price. And obviously they can make the difference there. Uh, Amazon, eBay, different sites like that apparently have uh, squashed that and taken a lot of those listings down. And so the crux of the story was this guy has a warehouse full of uh, you know, 20,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, and he can't sell them on Amazon. And so I'll, I'll link to that. But it, it brings up a couple different things. And one of the arguments against, let's say, price gouging is that it's unfair. Um, there's, there's sort of a lot of different ways to look at it. Is it morally okay to do that? That's, that's one sort of discussion. What's the morality of it? Uh, but there's also just from a pure, let's take out anything else and just look at uh, supply, demand, economics, there, there is sort of a case to be made um, and the case that people who believe that price gouging is all right make an interesting case. Um, and one of the cases, uh, I'll try and find it. Uh, I remember John Stossel had posted a video and he had uh, a little bit of video in there as well of uh, famous economist Milton Freeman saying price gougers should be given a medal. And the example that John Stossel used was, you know, during natural disasters, and I think it was a hurricane specifically, uh, what do people try and, what do they need? Well, they might need uh, any number of things, but one of the things that are in demand and there's not a lot of supply of are generators. And the story, the video he did told the story of a, a person who, I believe they lived in a state, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 hours away. Uh, this person goes and buys a couple generators, maybe three or four or five generators. And the intention was to buy them and then bring supply to an area that has uh, a ton of demand and 
satiate or you know satisfy that demand and make enough of a profit to cover the the expense of not only buying the generators but then bring them there and the interesting thing so the pro price gouging thing was look if you allow prices to be at what the market you know makes them you actually will have incentive for either companies or individuals to bring supply to the area. We'll have a function of actually causing the market to bring supply to, uh, to an area. And in, in there, they kind of said, look, if there's no incentive, let's say this, and they just use that example, uh, this person bought the generators but can only sell them for what he bought them for. Well, then he would lose money you know, in gas and renting a truck or whatever you know, the heck else he did, right? So one of the arguments also for price gouging is the idea that it will help ration supplies. And so we talked about prices being either inelastic, meaning demand doesn't change no matter what the price is, or elastic prices change as, as price changes. And in, in this example, I'm going to say prices go up, demand theoretically should go down. Uh, I saw another uh, I think it was in uh, some news station in Denver. I don't know how I found it. I just was doing a search because I knew I was going to do the podcast. They had a, a news reporter go undercover, and people were selling toilet paper and hand sanitizer, uh, kind of like in the back, you know, in a parking lot in the back from the back of the car, something like four or five times the price. So one of the arguments to to allow prices to rise when demand goes up is that you know, it it would actually help ensure or hopefully help ensure that supply is there and everyone who wants to buy toilet paper can buy toilet paper because they've set the price at a level which will avoid people sort of just buying, you know, 50 rolls of it, right? They'll buy what they need and then everyone sort of has it. And that's an interesting idea. And I think it's, uh, you know, because let's face it, one of the, the things with hand sanitizer, toilet paper, cleaning supplies, you know, the theory is at some point you'll need it. So why not just buy as much as you can right now and you store it and then you have it and you buy more than you need because, well, all right, at some point you'll use it. Um, but if price was higher, would people say, wait a second, um, I was only going to buy what I need. Um, since price is the same, why not just buy more? And I'm going to buy as much as I can because I know I'll use it anyway and it doesn't go bad. And what happens is supply gets cut because you have all these people just buying as much as they can. And instead of just buying what you need, you buy what you can. And there's really no rationing there. Now, some stores have actually uh, started to do rationing where I think... Uh, you go into a grocery store and they say you can only buy up to five hand soaps, you know, antibacterial hand soap or so many rolls of toilet paper, so many hand sanitizer bottles or wipes or whatever, right? So stores have started, I think, to, to ration. Uh, but it is interesting. And the other interesting thing, too, just kind of alluding back to the, uh, the arbitrage that people were doing where they were buying large quantities. So what did that do? It took, it took supply off the market. Uh, in theory, if we think about you know one store, somebody comes in and buys everything, uh, there's nothing else there. Uh, but if stores were actually charging a higher price, that actually would have the effect of taking away the arbitrage. In other words, 
If stores were actually selling something, the rolls of toilet paper, for the quote-unquote market price based upon the demand, uh, number one, theoretically, the demand should drop as prices go up. Uh, there, there would be rationing just from the price discovery or the chance, the idea that prices went higher. Uh, but also, if stores were charging that much, there'd be no opportunity for somebody to go in and who would buy out the whole store if all they're going to do is buy it and sell at the same price online? You take away that arbitrage. So, you know, there, there's the arguments against it. Really, you know, the idea of um, hey, you know. Uh, if you allow people to to profit in times like this, um, that's immoral. It's not right. Uh, they're profiting off you know things that people really need. Um, you know that's that's certainly uh, that argument can't be discounted. Uh, but I, I do think it's really interesting when you just look at the pure economic side. And when you look at the pure economic side, uh, it says that maybe if if you allowed the price to to go to a more of a market price. Um, the people will actually not hoard it, not uh, buy more than they need, and it would actually uh, essentially have a, a self-rationing effect. So if we take maybe the the other side of this and, and think about it from the supplier side. Um, the other thing that's uh, that's interesting is if if prices go higher, businesses tend to go where the profit margins are. It's one of the reasons why you know. Just thinking of the, if you're looking at a finance textbook, if there is an industry where you know a couple of businesses are making forty percent net profit margins, at some point someone else is going to recognize that and say, "Hey, that's an area we need to be in." Other people come in, more supply comes in, and eventually those those margins drop more to uh, you know a reversion to the mean. And the same thing if there's uh, if profit margins are squeezed so much that there's so many people now. The idea is that people will leave because there's no there's better profits elsewhere. But the supply side is interesting too, because in general, if if you make the incentive for uh, private companies to actually manufacture and get things uh, out to areas that need it, uh, maybe there would be other entrants into the space, or maybe companies would dedicate more resources, especially if it was uh, worthwhile. You know, the other part of this too that we're seeing is obviously travel demand is down. Uh, I think I saw somebody sent me an email that you could fly from JFK. Uh, JFK, of course, is uh, one of the major airports in New York City to LA uh, rather on short notice. And anyone who's ever bought airline tickets knows that if you're buying a ticket on really short notice, prices tend to go higher. And airlines discriminate, and I'm using air quotes, um, in their pricing, meaning that normally um, – they make their most money from business travelers. And so they charge business travelers who typically have to book things at maybe really close to the departure date um, and don't really have any flexibility on price. So let's say if you have to go to a meeting or a conference and it's next week, you buy the ticket because uh, you have to be there on that date. Um, so they actually, quote unquote, discriminate um, their pricing to raise prices for the you know the business travelers the the ones who typically buy the tickets have to go on a certain date and usually are booking things closer in the leisure traveler who's maybe looking at a vacation uh, typically those prices are going to be lower because uh, someone says hey I want to go on vacation the first week of June uh, the airline ticket to Hawaii is a thousand dollars but if I go in two weeks and what's the difference to me whether I go the first week or in two weeks. Uh, it's only $300. I'll wait. 
a business traveler can. But anyway, that's just a, a micro lesson within this lesson as far as uh, the way that, that pricing goes. But the other side of the coin is uh, the JFK to uh, JFK Airport to LAX, which is Los Angeles uh, Airport. Uh, somebody sent me something that you could buy, I think it was a flight next week. And I didn't look, look at this uh, to verify it, but it was something like $140 round trip. Uh, I can tell you that normally a flight from JFK to LAX uh, a week and a half out would probably be a lot more than that. So what is that representative of? Well, the airlines uh, are trying to, to spur demand. Uh, when demand drops, uh, in theory, they have to lower their prices and lower them to a level uh, that would still that would pique people's interest and potentially bring you know flyers. Of course, the other thing that airlines could do is they can take supply off the market, and I think you'll you'll probably see that as well. Uh, but the other thing, when prices get too low, what happens? Well, supply sort of goes away. And typically in, in downturns or when demand drops for travel, you'll see airlines lower capacity, uh, try to, and shrink the available seats uh, and things like that. So, all right. So for, for today, uh, I know normally we do more market stuff. We do more things related to, uh, to options and stocks and things like that. But I think it's a really interesting uh, case study in economics. And when you look at sort of the, the question, it, would price gouging actually be better in a situation like this? There are arguments on both sides. Uh, but in theory, if let's say a store could, could raise their prices uh, and it would decrease demand, would that mean instead of having empty shelves, would everyone who wants to buy the roll of toilet paper be able to buy it because the price would be high enough to meet the demand um, and, you wouldn't have to, and you would sort of have this self-rationing? Um, so I'll I'll post a, a few links in the descriptions. I'll post the one to the guy who bought the, I guess he bought 20,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. He's got them in a locker. I think he said he's going to sell them locally now. I'll let you read that. And if I can find the, the John Stossel piece about the, the guy with the generators uh, driving to a hurricane area who got arrested for price gouging. Um, and by the way, I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, uh, at times – there has been supply shocks in energy. You know, in the 70s, we had, uh, we, if you had an even-numbered license plate, you'd go on Tuesdays to get gas. If you had an odd number, you'd go on Wednesdays. And they tried to sort of, uh, you know, keep, keep demand down. Uh, but it is interesting. There have been times, uh, in fact, in the Phoenix area, uh, in the, or actually in Tucson, there was a, a rupture of a, a, a pipe that brought, uh, I guess, you know, gasoline from Tucson to Phoenix, and uh, there were shortages. Uh, prices definitely rose, uh, but it was interesting because you would see people filling up with gas who really didn't even need to fill up with gas, and they would wait in line uh, kind of around the corner to, to, for the gas station. And it's an interesting question. I don't remember if there was a cap on how much they could raise the prices, uh, but one would think if they raised it enough, people would say, you know what, I'm going to wait uh, or I'm not going to, you know, top off on gas, even though I already have a half a tank. And I'm certainly not going to wait an hour in a line. So a lot of interesting lessons uh, from these types of situations. And uh, I think, you know, I encourage everyone to sort of take a look at some of these aspects and uh, do a little internet searching and uh, come up with your own idea of, do you think price gouging is uh, 
would actually help or is price gouging really bad? All right, folks, we'll be back next week. As always, uh, don't waste time waiting and reviewing. Instead, well, look, if you want to rate and review five stars, that's fine too. But go ahead and share this with uh, someone you think would enjoy it, someone who you think would get something out of it. And if people have not listened to podcasts yet, and you know people who haven't, uh, go ahead and pass this along to them and tell them about podcasts. A lot of them here. All right, folks, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.